Hello there, and welcome to episode 47 of Unknown Regions Podcast. I am your host, Michelle, and with me as always is your other host, my son, Colin. Hello! Who is far, far away. <laughs> yeah. On the very outer reach- reaches of the Unknown Regions. Oh, hey, did you look at that map I sent you? Oh, yeah, was that um, was that just like all of Star Wars Universe, basically? Somebody is making like a, the ultra a map. map. A galaxy cool. map. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I stared at it for a really long time. It's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. Um, I will admit. I wish I could. I wish I knew his details, but I do not. Oh yeah. Maybe I can put him in the show notes or something. Yeah, I don't totally. know him off the top of my head, but we are about a week behind. Sorry about that. As always, Colin's fault. Bro. Um, <laughs> Bro. But we for, we're going to record two episodes today. Hopefully. Uh, the first of which we're going to talk about the Book of Boba Fett, Season 1, Chapter 3, The Streets of Mos Espa. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I forgot that's what it's called. Oh. <laughs> See, it's, it's, been too, it's been too long. I've only watched Maybe. it once. Oh, dude. I'm you're not, not watching that trash s- again. You're, oh, <laughs> you're not going to remember squat. No, I, I, do, I do. Actually, I, I just... This episode could just be a monologue. I actually, well, I just watched the uh, fourth episode last night. I don't even, t- I didn't even tell you that. I, I watched the fourth episode last night, and the recap. I swear they told you literally everything that happened in that last episode in the recap. Like you did not need to watch that third episode to know. Oh please! What happened. All right, let's. Just it went start. through every. No, I'm just saying, like every single scene. It went through every single scene. I don't remember that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Let's get started anyway. Okay. Um, this one is another Robert Rodriguez special. Yeah. As if you didn't need, <laughs> as if you couldn't tell just by yeah, watching it. Um, <laughs> uh, there are a lot of Rodriguez <laughs> hints al- why, along the way. Why are the kids next door in this show now? What happened? <sighs> what happened? Do you know um, what I'm talking about? The kids next door? Do you know what I'm talking about? Spy kids? No. The, the cartoon, The Kids Next Door. Mm. This is kind of a deep cut, but it, I used to watch it. It's like there was a guy named Five, there was a, guy named, a person named Four. And like It, it they, rings a bell, but I don't It's an old cartoon. It. It's an old cartoon. But What about this is like that? I mean, it's just like a gang of kids who each have like their own special, unique abilities and like weaponry and... Oh. They're, they, like, are thugs, but they're, like, really small kids, and, they, like, you would not expect <laughs> them to be thugs. But That's kind of funny. Yeah, it's good. Um, Well, I mean, it came out swinging with the with the brain brain spider. Oh, yeah. Walking across the desert. That was which, cool. By the way, do you know the lore about those? No. <laughs> it's, like, kind of freaking cool, actually. Okay. All right. They're monks. Oh. Um. What the heck? Bomar monks. That's what they're called. Okay. And they've decided that the the height of basically enlightenment is to remove their entire physical body. Tell me <laughs> and, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And put their brains like that little glass sphere underneath the spider. Inside of that is their brain. So they're Bruh. literally just nothing but brain. That's really weird, actually. But spiders. How do you know that? I don't know. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I know that. <laughs> I came across it at some point. I don't know. But I probably thought, oh, wow, that's like pretty deep lore for one little, you know. I mean, like, what do you spider expect? Thing? They always just go deep with the lore, man. I know. I know. But anyway, um, I thought that was, uh, that immediately was cool. I was like, ooh. Yeah. It was a good, um, like, establishing shot to the episode, I thought. Yeah, it was. Well, you learned something today. You learned about the Bomar monks. There you yeah. Go. Like, what the heck? That's crazy. Uh, so I believe the first scene is 8D8, kind of mm-hmm. giving Boba Fett and Finnick the rundown of what's been going on yep. with the power structure. Yep. During Bid Fortuna's unfortunate reign. Yep. <laughs> and it's kind of cool. I mean, to me, the... I don't know. It just kind of... It feels very, like, Gangs of New York. I mean, it's Game of Thrones. Family versus... Very Game of Thrones. Very Godfather. Very, like, Fargo season four. It is actually very Gangs of New York. I didn't even think of that. And... Fargo season four oh. a lot too. True, true. Um, because we have three families: the Trandoshans, and I wrote down all the alien names because you know I suck at that. Yep. Trandoshans, Aqualish, and Clatoonians. Yeah. And they follow through with that in the next episode. Yeah, yeah, they do, and Which is they cool. split up the territory. Um, and basically, all Bib Fortuna did was organize an alliance and then pay off the mayor yeah and that's how he maintained his power which i guess lasted a decent amount of time i, don't I mean know. yeah um we're gonna talk about that when we get to chapter four like what is the friggin timeline of this show? Uh, it because is confusing. so confusing it is confusing i don't know yeah we'll get we'll get to that like how does he get so fat <laughs> he gets so you know fat. uh too much water? I don't know. I, I don't know. Too many little frog things? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so this was this was also a highlight for me. Steven Root, that actor. Uh, uh, of, the, water- of the droid? N- no. The guy, the watermonger oh, guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Whose character's name is Lortha Peel. Okay, that's a good name. Um, anyway, I love Steven Root. Oh, yeah, he's great, man. Probably best known for wanting his swing line red stapler in office space. But I think, I think I, I watched him in a show like in the nineties, like, like a, a sitcom. Was it news radio that he was on? I think it was news radio. I have anyway, no idea. Anyway, I've, I've, I've seen him. He's like a lot. He's all, he's. He seems to be an extra in a lot of things, but he's always, like, a valued extra. Like, he's never just, like, in it. Like, he always d- has a role to play, but it's only, it's always only a brief role, it seems like. He's very funny. He is funny. I love him. Um, so, anyway, he's a he's a watermonger in this, <laughs> in Star Wars now. Yeah, it's, just, and it's pretty cool. he basically just comes out and says, um, nobody respects you. Yeah, what the heck? I was like, oh! Nobody knows what your deal is, and the youths are the youths are running wild in the streets. <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? It, it? It was so funny to me. Like, no, I thought that scene was funny. The insolent youths. Yeah. 
But what I also found very interesting was when he described them as half man, half machine. Yeah, dude. Which is very not true. That is not what... Oh, yeah. That's really not the case. But um, they're doing... They're doing interesting things with body modification in this show which is like, like i mean i mean to me that's um i mean i don't know like that hasn't really been explored before no other than well i mean obvious obvious nods to vader and grievous right right so it's been like you know seen as a terrible bad evil thing to do but I guess now it's true. But, yeah, now it's like, oh, no. It's actually, like, a hip, cool thing yeah. to do. <laughs> it's know. just like tattoos in Star Wars. It's literally the same thing. I get, it's yeah. Like, and people do body modification. I'm honestly 100% confident that Robert Rodriguez is very is very much a fan of, like, tattoos and, like, body modifications in real life. I get a vibe from him. I mean, like, I think it's pretty pervasive and at least in america like nobody really bats an eye anymore oh yeah no it's like about that stuff i just didn't expect it it shocked me honestly because i just we haven't seen that in that light so it felt really weird like it was like what is happening this is so weird but i mean the gang thing has been explored a whole bunch so it's not it's really not that weird i mean that's not the weird part but it's interesting that it aligns with the timing of Disney as a corporation allowing now allowing their cast members to have body oh. modification. Dude. Uh shout out Holly. She she like just got in under the wire in the college program with tattoos because of that. She like got in just under the wire. She wasn't sure if she was gonna make it because of that. So yeah, that's like a big thing. A lot a lot of people were apparently before that mandate, you were expected to always cover everything. You were expected to always cover if you had a tattoo it had to be not visible to the guests at any time that's just stupid unless it was part of your costume oh which most cast members you know they're not into they're not in performing so 99 percent of cast members had to either uh, i mean they were costume when I worked for Disney... The cosmetic gets pretty rough. It, it was very strict. Like, no crazy earrings. No crazy jewelry. No tattoos. No body modification. Hair had to be a certain type of way. And yeah, that's too, like... That's too dystopian to me, bro. They've only just recently, within the last year or so, finally said, um, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. So, interesting that this it whole is. thing aligns with that. That's timing. fair, yeah. Um, but also, just within the Star Wars universe, like I said, it's it's been seen as more of a... Ooh, more more machine than man. You know, yeah. ooh, yeah. bad, evil, dark side, losing your humanity. But now it's more like, nah, I just wanted a cool eye. Yeah. Calm down. Well, some of the... And then in the next episode, we realize that it's used to, like, save lives, too. Yeah, so. yeah, that was but, interesting. But I will, I will also add a vibe that I get from this whole, like, like mechanized, modified gang theme thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives me big DC vibes. I don't really know why, but it hmm. just does. But, and maybe it could literally just be because of, um, what's that dude's name, man? He's in Teen Titans. 
Bro, it's I the it's the robot dude. It's like the dude with like the robot eye. You know what I'm talking about? Cyborg. I'm pretty sure his name oh, is Cyborg. Cyborg. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That vibe. A little bit. Well, Robocop. Um, oh, totally Robocop. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, Stephen Root and Boba Fett are having this conversation. And it comes back around one once again to the fact that, oh, hey, by the way, did you know Tatooine used to be covered in water? Oh, yeah, what the heck? How many times? We get it. <laughs> <laughs> we really, really get it. Oh, yeah, that felt, that felt very mailed in. I was like, we didn't need to, that didn't need to come no. up. Well, especially after chapter two. Yeah, dude. Like, we don't, but I mean, I guess, like, Fine, he's a watermonger. He just knows about that stuff and likes uh, that stuff. I don't know. I don't know. It was very on the nose. Yeah. That they brought it up like, yeah, 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 we know. Water's a theme. Okay, move Dude, on. Dude, the whole episode is on the nose. <laughs> okay, so uh, he talks Boba Fett into like finding these insolent youths. That are messing, that owe him a lot of money for water. Yeah. Uh, to like, because, you know, nobody respects you, so do something about this, I guess. Um, and then they end up, and then they end up just being like teenagers on Vespas. Okay. So threatening. Um, yeah. Okay, I have one, I have one complaint. Okay. But also, well, no, I have more than one complaint about the episode, but I have a, I have a complaint regarding... The mod gang. Okay. But also then, like, oh, maybe I'm not complaining about the mod gang. Um, <laughs> what? Okay. My first reaction was, did they have to hire yet another actress that looks just like Daisy, Amelia, Felicity Jones? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Did they? Did they really need <laughs> to do that? Yeah, yeah. But then... Then, yeah, but then, <laughs> then I he got hyped out. about it. <laughs> I know. But then I found out this actress, Sophie Thatcher, first of all, isn't even British. So good job. Good on her. Yeah, good out. on her. Yeah, it's good. She's from here. Woo! Here meaning suburban Chicago. Yeah. And came up through the um, basically community theater scene here, which uh, your sister was involved in for a few years. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't see the production she was in, but I do remember reading full on like Chicago Trib articles about how good she was mm. in a production of, um, Anne Frank locally. That's awesome. Was she Anne Frank? She was Anne Frank. Yeah. Oh, dang. Okay. Okay. So now, so now I'm like, oh, <laughs> yo, big reps, big reps. Let's okay. go. Okay. But still, you- she looks way too much like those other actresses. I'm sorry. Yeah. Where did she go to school? Do you know? Where did she? I don't know. I don't Probably know Northwestern. Or not. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, she's from Evanston, so yeah. possibly, but she may not have gone to college. I don't even know. Because yeah. in 2015, when she was in Anne Frank, she was like, I don't know, 14 or 15. She oh, wasn't wow. even in high school. And that wasn't that long ago, so I don't know. Yeah, okay. Um, but... I read somewhere, I think it was an interview, well, yeah, it was an interview with her, because that's how I found out she's from Evanston, that her directive that was given to her was that her character is 
Space Joan Jet. <laughs> Bro, that's so accurate. Very accurate. Good oh my job. gosh. You did it perfectly. Who, do, so do you know who answered. told her that? You don't know who told her that? I think it I think it was Robert Rodriguez or John Favreau or both of them. I don't know. Robert Rodriguez um, Robert Rodriguez is basically just you back in your twenties when you were like punk and stuff. That's the vibe I get. I feel like you would have loved this episode if you were back in your youth and you were like all punk. Listen, I don't hate this episode. I like this episode. It's just the one thing that I hate. That have you heard? Have you, have you have you talked to any punks like p- people in the punk not not punk but people in like the punk sphere? You talked to any of them about it's, their feelings? It's more like I wouldn't say punk. I'd just say like alternate alternative culture type of people who grew okay, up with that. Yeah. And yeah, they are they are really digging this. Monster okay, cool. Lot. Okay, that's good. They're that's very good. into it. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, dude. So yeah, so he finds the 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 mod squad, I guess is what we're calling them. Um That's funny. And the there are a bunch of kids. They all have body modifications, like purposefully they, they like And they're not and I and they might be touched up with CGI, but they're not all CGI, which makes it even cooler. Oh, yeah, opinion. they're definitely touched up with CGI. That was another thing Sophie Thatcher well, said, that her arm was um, CGI, like her well, robot I, arm. Yeah, of, of course that that's the case. But I, I'm talking mostly about, like, the facial stuff. Like, like in especially in the fourth episode, you can tell, man, the amount of detail put into the actual, like, analog feeling oh, yeah, of yeah. everything. Like, they're doing that. I'm pretty sure they did it with the spider thing, the, the monk, too, in the beginning. Like, it looks stop motion, you know? It was. Like that's cool, that man. Motion. That's cool, bro. They're doing. They're really finding the sweet yes. spot of a mix of all of these different techniques, which is great. Oh yeah, it makes it super new and fresh. It it all it looks so good. Like everything looks so good because they're mix they're mixing and matching what works best for what, and it. I think it looks great personally. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Um, so yeah, so this is obviously a, like a nod to the mod culture in the 60s and Woo! in England. And it's also like their little colored scooters scream American graffiti. Oh like, yeah, like, facts, dude, facts. I didn't even think of that. I mean, yeah, that's cool. I don't really know why people don't like this other than the fact that it's new and different. Mm. And what's wrong with that? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I do wonder, like, where are they finding all this money? They're supposed to be, like, poor little street oh, urchins. Yeah. Yet they have the money for these sick scooters and I mean, body look modifications. At, <laughs> I mean, look at, like, look at, like, I mean, any movie that has, like, greased up dudes in leather jackets riding bikes around. Like, they're probably not rich, but they still have, like, probably put all their money into their ride. You know what I mean? Like I that. suppose. I suppose <laughs> that's true. Um, but the conversation between Boba Fett and... Um, oh, that's good. I like that conversation. Ugh. Rats. What is her name? Drasher? Is it Drasher? Drash? The, char- the character's name? I think it's Drash. Oh. Yeah. The girl. Um, <clears throat> takes a turn because he suddenly feels like, oh, well... You've, you've obviously been taken advantage of. You shouldn't owe this much money for friggin' water. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, hey, how about come work for me? And then Steven Root is like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> he like, comes around the corner. Yeah, he like, literally comes out of nowhere. I'm like, bro. 
he's eavesdropping on the whole conversation. He's like, wait a minute, they owe me money. Yeah. Um, but Boba Fett's like, yeah, they don't owe you that much money. This is not okay. So yeah. here's a little bit of money. Be on your way. They work for me now. Stop being a jag. <laughs> yeah. And he's clearly not pleased, and I think that's going to that's gonna hurt him. Yeah. Out later. Yeah. He's gonna be some sort of a thorn in his side, probably. You know what's very but, interesting about this show, about this like story trajectory that we're going through right now? It's like um, surprisingly political for like a bounty hunter show. Oh, totally. Which, well, if I you mean, think about it, which if you think about it, it's another branch of a of the having the theme of family and tribe it's like i understand that but i was also going to say take it from a different angle. families yeah i was going to take it from a different angle though and saying that it's interesting because in his position the position he is in right now honestly has a lot of responsibilities that is the opposite of the responsibilities of a bounty hunter kind of so like very much so so it is interesting that he in and of itself is kind of redeemed his prior self you know like there's already been a redemption and like a fixing of self you know, like self-discipline and stuff. He is, instead of cutting tie after tie, you know, basically yeah. adopting kids now. Yeah, like, what the heck? That's cool. And the, it made me think of, uh, he's kind of like if Fagin from Oliver Twist was a, was a, a nice guy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's Boba Fett. Yeah, dude. He's like the nice, the nice man's Fagin now because he's got these little adopted street urchins. Facts. That are gonna work for him. Yeah. Um. Okay, so this, I'm sure a lot of people just thought was a throwaway moment, but there is a it, after that scene with the with the mod squad, it cuts back out to like the outside of. Jabba's palace, and there is a definite. There's always a bigger fish. Yeah. yeah. Moment of. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, I guess it's a womp rat that gets eaten by a bird, and then the bird gets eaten by one of those frog things. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. So that's. <clears throat> that was not. That was very intentional, I'm sure. Oh my gosh! Yeah, dude. Because like there is a bigger fish. Yep. Somewhere. Yeah, someone out there. I feel like just someone has not been introduced into the show. That's just gonna make everything different once it happens. It's probably gonna happen at the end of the season because that's what they do all the time. It's gonna be like annoying. I mean, if it's not Kira, what's the point of this? Do you think it is? I've thought it was her from the very beginning. Okay. And it better not be Maul. <laughs> We've already talked about this. They bring him back from the dead again. I'm. I quit. Well, I think. <laughs> Honestly, dude, if the way they have not set it up does not suggest that she took over Maul's position, like, by force. Yeah. Because, like, what I'm thinking is Boba took over Bib's place by force. She would take over his place by force. And so now they're on, like, similar, they're on even playing ground and there's real competition there, like, power-wise, you know? Yeah. Because they mm-hmm. both went through the same thing so that there's the relationship there, but then they would probably hate each other. So it's, like... It would be a very good um, duel between the two, I feel like. Also, the fact that he bullied Han a bunch, you know, so maybe that would even play something. I don't really know. Oh, yeah. They have the Han connection, which would be pretty fun. Yeah. Um, Okay, so back to the back I have another question. I have another question. 
Mm-hmm. Do you think the War of the Bounty Hunters is coming? I mean, they've done. They've already done like a whole entire comic series, call, literally called the War of the Bounty Hunters. So why wouldn't they just make it a screen adaptation? It'd be easy. That'd be easy money for them to do. Because they don't generally do that. They anymore. Like they do. They do storytelling that meshes together. They don't do like a comic book and then oh, let's make a screen app ad- adaptation of that. You know what I mean? That's not really. They're not, they they're not Marvel anymore. like that. They're not Marvel like that. No, they're not. They, when did they ever do that? I don't know what different. you mean anymore. I don't know when they ever did that, but I'm saying they just generally don't do that. So, okay. okay. But I don't know. It, it's possible that, and I haven't read all of that series, so I'm not really sure where it's at. I know Kira's in it. I've yeah. seen, I've read that issue at least, or a couple of issues. Sure. Um, but I don't know where that's left off, so I don't know. Mm, I don't know anything about that. Okay. So maybe this show will pick up where that left off. I don't. Okay. Know. I'm uninformed where that's concerned. Okay. Um, but we have a flashback again oh, after yeah. that. Here we he's go. Back, he's back in his back to pod. Here we go. We see Camino again. Woo! The same scene with him as a child running oh, running to the window while Django flies away in the ship. Yeah, what? Why are they copy and pasting? I want to see some other stuff, man. I want to see some stuff. I mean, they've shown that to us several times now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> several times. Yeah. I don't know if it's a cost issue. I don't know if it's yeah, because but... they really want us to understand how messed up he is from that. I don't know. But, like, why? Not I mean, sure. we don't really know why he left, do we? Who, Django? Yeah, in that well, scene. Well, I, I assume he's just going off on a job somewhere. Yeah, but I feel like they keep showing that, so it has to be significant beyond that. I don't know. Otherwise, it'd be kind of weird. Like, why are you showing us this so many times? I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say anymore. Yeah. Because the storytelling seems to be a little inconsistent. So, I don't know. (laughs) A little? A little? Bro. (laughs) Um, So, anyway, in the flashback, um, Bo is still with the Tuscans, and he takes his Bantha to go find the Pikes in Moss Eisley. There's a couple cute little nods to the Mandalorian. He's he, like you see, um, I think her name is Peli Peli mm-hmm. Mato, and yeah. her droid, her little mechanic droids. That was cute. We see this stormtrooper helmets on. Oh yeah, yep. On spikes, um, and then he finds the pikes, and I would call this a throne room. Oh yeah, it's a minor one, like a portable throne room. It's a, yeah, it's like... A pocket throw, a pocket throw. <laughs> it's a pocket throw. Um, so I didn't really examine it very much uh, at all, to be honest. Yeah, okay. Um, but I'm just saying, another throne room. Three episodes, three throne rooms. Indeed. Three for three. Uh, okay, so the Pikes are like, um, yeah, we don't want to pay more than one group for protection. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then Boba's like, well, you're not going to hear from the bikers anymore. Yep. You're going to, you just, you need, you owe the Tuscans. And the Pike guy's like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, 
I am wondering if he's the one that notified the the biker gang that Boba was going to be coming to see them, and that was their time to strike, maybe? Oh, yeah. Unclear if they were expecting him or not. I'm not sure. But okay, that, would yeah. make, that would make sense, I guess. It would. All right. So, elephant in the room. Might as well just get it over with. <laughs> biggest two problems with the Tuscan slaughter. Okay, yeah. My biggest two problems. Yeah. As far as we know, there were... there. Okay, they're the ones that set them up to be, to represent indigenous people. I didn't do that. We didn't do that. They did that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's true. They did that. So, as far as we know, they didn't have any um, writers on this show that are, can speak to that, that are of indigenous descent. That we know of. Yeah. I mean, if there were, they're not saying that there were. But I haven't seen a single indigenous account on Twitter or anywhere else that is happy about what they did. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, who Who would be happy about it? Who were like, oh, yeah, that was great. Loved it. Like, no. (laughs) Every single account is looking at them going, shaking their head, like... Seriously, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's that. And if if the spin they were going for with doing that is to say, like, well, we wanted to call attention to the injustice and horrors of real indigenous peoples in the real world. Yeah. They just had a Tuscan slaughter last week. So you don't really need to do that twice, two weeks in a row. Last Favs. week? Or the week before, episode two, there was a Tuscan slaughter. Uh, the train oh, drove by yeah. and killed a whole bunch of Tuscans. Yeah, okay, that's yeah, that's right. So if that's their spin, it does not work because you've already done it. Yeah. In, in chapter two. I mean, like so, I said, there's a lot of like copying paste stuff happening so far. I just don't see that. I really don't. <laughs> They can't justify it, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. It can't be like, justified. How, how, how are you going to justify that? And the second reason that it sucks is because Favs goes to this well every single time. Yeah, it's pretty bad. He thinks, and he has admitted on television in front of Kathleen Kennedy and God and everybody <laughs> that <laughs> that he, in that, in that behind-the-scenes roundtable special thing documentary series that that's what he thinks drives character development that he has to kill off characters in order to drive the main characters development and to which i say if that is what you really think that is boring and that is lazy and there are other ways to achieve character development bro and if you can't figure that out maybe you should hire somebody who can yeah. And that's all I got to say about that. Okay. <laughs> the end. That was short and sweet. I'm proud of you. Nice yes. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. Yeah. Um, Major Men's Corral. Oh, yeah, by the way, during that entire emotional scene, which is what you would expect. It was pretty... Ye- it was beautiful. Yeah, but it it's not, though, because the scene's trash, so it just kind of makes it a little fake, you know? It, like, they made an effort... 
like the guy like the, the oh, directing sure. and production team were like okay make this music emotional uh, an which effort they was tried, made for sure but no nah. <laughs> but because the, no. like you said i was so sour about the entire thing i was like well that's pretty i guess but whatever, yeah man <laughs> and by the way i have to say this whoever is doing the compression i'm gonna go in on this whoever is doing the compression on the vocals so trash so (gasps) bad why they sound like robots they sound way too perfect you know i i know what you're saying actually like they were recorded in the driest room possible and then they like compressed it even further that's what it sounds like to me Mm. you know like it's almost synthesized like it sounds electric sometimes which it does a little bit you're right it totally takes away like there should be fault in it you know anyway I don't know. That's just a pet peeve of mine. And I feel like a lot of the music in this new Star Wars, including Mandalorian, I feel like a lot of the music has been just very compressed, very perfect, very tailored. Like, we all know the the crack in the trumpets at the end of episode four. That's what we are about. That's what we like. (laughs) Like, the faultiness of it, dude. It's okay. It's okay to do that. And maybe it is budget. It could be budget. But, like, I don't know, man. Get, get yourself a real corral. Like, get yourself... Or better recording You don't think engineers. that was a real corral? Oh, no, it could be a real corral. I take it back. But I honestly don't know. But it could... But whoever is doing the mixing, regardless, is not doing a good job. I don't know who it is, but in my opinion, it's not Ooh. doing a good job. It's Lucasfilm, bro. There is no room for bad sound. No way. Not in Lucasfilm. That makes me mad because there are better people. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm with you better, on... Better, probable, like, women... I guarantee it's not a woman. So, like, you know, <laughs> get out of here, it's dude. Not a woman. Get out of here. It better be the best thing I've ever heard. I get. I just, what it, you're makes saying. it makes me it, mad. It makes me mad. It doesn't sound organic. It sounds synthetic. And but it's not just that. It's the whole score sounds like that to me. And I know that obviously there are some parts that are supposed to sound electronic. I get that. Like that's that stuff's cool. Honestly, I don't mind that stuff. But. It's whoever's using, whoever's got their libraries with the orchestral stuff, dude, it just does not sound great. <laughs> it does not sound good, mm. in my opinion. Well, the um, the first four chapters scores have been released. You can listen oh, yeah? to them. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to do that. If you want to put your headphones on and actually, like, listen to it. Yeah, it's lame. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so the chief is definitely dead. I did like the music in the second episode, though. Second episode, still, to, yeah, second, by far. Yeah, second episode was my favorite, too, so yeah. far. Yeah. The Chief is definitely dead. Rest in peace. But I, the, I knew that was going to happen, but rest in peace. The peace. Um, youngling, we don't unsure. Know. We don't know. He burns know. his staff, which would indicate to me that the ch- that that child is dead because he wouldn't be burning Oof. he knows how important their sticks are to them so i doubt he'd be burning it if he was unsure he's probably dead they just didn't have the guts to have a massacre and then not tell us that the kid is dead why is Favreau out here killing kids bro why is this huh, necessary what? why is it necessary for Favs to be out here killing it, kids bro it really wasn't but i there's no chance that the warriors not alive like they didn't yeah. show her they didn't do you know there was nothing to do with her so yeah i would hope so and somebody now i can't remember who i saw a tweet 
that said oh also really quick sorry in the advance speeder, I'm in my, the, oh, the speeder bikes are nowhere to be seen so oh it's very possible that there are people in that tribe that got away okay just i just want to say though i am in my apartment right now and the heater is running in the back because if it doesn't it gets really cold in here so that it will probably be audible my apologies okay but yeah that's cool i didn't even think about the speeders i didn't either i like i said i saw a tweet and i was like oh snap yeah i bet and it just really didn't look like all of them yeah yeah it looked like a small smattering of them but i'm sure we'll see the warrior again um okay so he abruptly is awakened in his back to pod yeah. by oh yeah uh. My that actually favorite. surprised me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, God. Um, by Kersantan. He is scary. Not gonna lie. My new favorite. Mm. I love him. Because you suspect softness? You suspect he's a softie? Is that what you I suspect? don't even really suspect softness. I just love that costume. I love the guy playing him. Yep. The angry oh, he's a really good mask. He's a great mask actor, whoever that guy is. I just... I, I love this character i can't really explain it mm-hmm. it's a visual it's a his just constant angry energy and it just, <laughs> just it feels it. straight out of the comic like yeah. straight well, it out is. of the comic it is bro. straight out of the comic that's that's another cool thing about it and i will say it's also really cool that we finally have like a wookie who is obviously angry about the fact that they've been persecuted for their entire existence yeah like, it's about time bro seriously. mess them up yeah seriously Especially um, Transocians, man. Get those... Well, all right, we can't be talking about the next episode. Oh, okay, okay. All right. That's Sorry. the problem with doing a twofer is... And being a week behind, I guess. Because we're thinking about this newest episode. But anyway, um, he basically whips him around like a rag doll. How he survived that, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is like, wow, Bacta's really good. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> It's really good stuff. Yeah, that could be part of it. Um, and also, I think they're just trying to show, like, this dude is tough. Like, we know that, but yeah, he he was going to be killed, though, had it not been for his cute little squad coming in. <laughs> gang, gang. And, yeah, his new, his new little mod squad, little friends, basically save him, and then um, Fennec finishes finishes the deal like i think she shoots a button she hit a button or something and kersantan falls down into the pit below oh, yep yep um so yeah the new the new family has come to his rescue mom kids it's a <laughs> whole nine yards he's got it oh all yeah now. true it did it actually did feel like the ending of Spy Kids. In that <laughs> totally it actually did. did. Oh my god! I didn't even like the giant robot. You know what I'm talking about? Uh huh. That's hilarious and kind of like incredible. Just a little bit of a vibe there too, but definitely oh. Spy Kids. Definitely Spy Kids. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> come on, man! Like try to try something new, dude. Come on, come on, man. He can't help himself. <laughs> he built his friggin' career. Well, I get not just on Spy Kids, but. That was a large part of his career for a while. Yeah, and he did. He is the guy who did the cool guys don't look at explosions. Like he is. The yes, dude. he is. Yeah. So I have guy. to like respect, but he's coming dangerously close to a Michael Bay dude directing Star Wars. <laughs> so it's just like 
It's like, okay, man. <laughs> like, chill out a little. I mean, I he's having fun. You can certainly tell. Yeah, he tell is. He is. Yeah. He's having the time of his life. Yeah. And like I said, there's nothing in this episode that I dislike other than what happens to the Tuscans. Like, the rest of it was a fun time. A great time. Mm. I thought. Um, I thought the ending was cool. I thought I, my favorite part of the episode was the conversation between Boba and the Huts. I thought that that, oh, I thought yeah. that dialogue was that dialogue was solid. I thought that was good writing. Yeah, I mean, we can skip to that anyway. I mean, yeah, um, that's basically where we're at, right? Isn't that what happens? Well, they have a feast. Fennec and, and Boba like like a married couple. One per, you know, he's yeah. at one end of the table. Fennec's at the other end of the table. She is living her best life, eating, I don't know, a Ronto wrap or something. Where were the Ronto wraps, by the way? There should have been Ronto wraps on that table. <laughs> Did you analyze the table? Who is in charge of marketing here? I don't think you analyzed the table. It could be there. No, I looked. Oh, <laughs> okay. And he does mention the Ronto later. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I want a, I want a visual on an actual Ronto wrap. <laughs> from Galaxy's Edge sitting yeah. on the table. Yeah. That'd Didn't be get sweet. it. Missed opportunity. True, true. Uh so yeah, they have a they're having a little conversation um where she's like, Come on, man, live it up. Like you're you're the head of a family now, like you might as well enjoy it and he's just kinda like <laughs> I don't like I don't like the fact that I'm getting my, you know, assassin sent after me every 15 minutes yeah <laughs> um but then yeah the twins come back the hut twins <laughs> it's just ridiculous because like uh, they're the ones that sent Kersantan. like what are you doing <laughs> yeah and they're and they're there to they're like testing grovel. Him. they're just testing him right? i guess but they're there to grovel now and be like oh oops you know we're sorry we didn't yeah. Here's a gift. Um, <laughs> you can just sell the Wookiee and keep keep the money as tribute. And he's like, no. Yeah. Actually, I'm just going to set him free. And um, they basically say, well, we are skedaddling because we don't want any part of a Pike war. So yeah. Tatooine sucks anyway. I don't know why <laughs> you're like so into it, but we're leaving. Yeah. And we and we think you should too, but here's a rancor anyway. Yeah. Um, which is like what? No, that, that scene was that scene was wild. I was it's like, so what? Wild. <laughs> because and it's the wildest thing about it isn't even like the rancor itself. It's, it's that Danny Trejo yeah, is the dude. rancor trainer. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. I loved it personally. No, I thought it was dumb. I, I thought it was dumb. I, but like, it's dumb. I mean, it's. It's just, of course, of course, it's Danny Trejo. I mean, if he's if he's, if he's going to be in Star Wars, then he has to have something with the Rancor, man. That makes sense. It makes sense, though. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, I mean, somehow, on some weird level, it does make sense. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So the twins also drop the knowledge that this territory has already been promised to another syndicate by the mayor. Ooh. Um, so, again we're leaving like we don't need to be dealing with this it's we have partying to do you know what i think is gonna happen here's what i think is gonna happen i think there's gonna be like when the war breaks out i think there's gonna be at the at the uh 
What's that? What's that building? The 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 temp, what's that called? Where where Boba Fett like resides? The Jabba's the te- palace. Jabba's palace. Yeah, I think the palace is gonna get destroyed. Because I think what's gonna happen is there, like the Pikes and this other syndicate are gonna like come at Boba from both sides, but then they're gonna realize that each other is trying to take over the territory. So then it's gonna be like a like Boba's in the middle with his gang, and then the two armies are gonna be over here. It's gonna be like. It's one hundred percent just gonna be uh, the third movie in the Lord of the Rings. Like it's just gonna it's gonna be like <laughs> everyone's gonna come together, and then that temple is gonna be messed up because they're just gonna or the uh, palace is just gonna get destroyed as a result. It's possible. Yeah. <clears throat> Which would be also Game of Thrones, by the way, because they literally did that in Game of Thrones. I, be done. Yeah, true. Um. Anyway, there's just there's a lot of moving parts going on. There are in this there story, are. like you said, it is very Game of Thrones. Like, there's so many groups, yeah, and everybody's pointing fingers at somebody else, yeah. You know that other episode where somebody, you know, the assassin was like, "It's the mayor," and the mayor was like, "It's what's her face at the at the sanctuary," and then she's like, "No, it's the huts." Like, yeah. No, it's the Pikes. No, it's this other syndicate. Like, okay. So, I don't really think he knows what the heck is going on. Because neither do we. Who, Boba? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely not. I think he's, like, like. there's always a bigger fish. There's some big yeah. fish, palps level. Yeah. Person pulling the strings. Um. So, anyway, he releases Kersantan and says, stop working for scug holes. Take my advice. Yeah. <laughs> um. Which is funny, considering what happens in the next yeah. <laughs> episode. Yeah. Um, okay, so the Rancor scene. This is my favorite of the whole episode. I think you said so. T- you said that, yeah. too? Yeah, this, this part's interesting. But also because it's just, like, the most metaphorical. Mm. It's really the only metaphor. Well, I mean, the body modification's pretty metaphorical, too. But this metaphor is my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... There's this amazing scene between Danny Trejo and Boba Fett and the depressed Rancor. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that they made it a depressed Rancor. I mean. Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't even. I Wait, mean, how is he depressed? What? He Boba Fett walks in and says, why does he just lay there like that? And Danny Trejo. Oh, in he his does Danny Trejo voice says, because he's depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just staring into space, like. Uh, it's just like what? What is it? What is going? <laughs> what, what, what is about? happening? But then they go on to have a discussion. Um, because Boba Fett's like, "Oh, I thought they were, you know, fighter. Like they're bred to fight." Yeah. And Danny Trejo says, "Yeah, this one was bred from champions for fighting." But he saved this one to train himself. Mm. So, level Could the a, Rancor be bad? Could the Rancor be bad? No, the, the Rancor's not bad. Okay. The Rancor is... Okay, just from what he tells Boba Fett, this is clearly a metaphor about Django and Boba. Yeah. Because Django saved one clone for himself 
to basically quote unquote train parents an old an unaltered clone while the rest of them were bred for fighting. Uh-huh. So I like this. This resonates. <laughs> this is love. This is good. Okay, all right, this all right. Good. Yummy metaphor right there. I love that. That's true. That's true. I didn't understand that, but yeah. I mean, I kind of got just like the level I understood it metaphorically to the level of which like he was showing kindness to this thing that is often taken for granted as being uh, bad, you know? Like, we've always just seen them be vicious and, and that scary. Too. Just like that, Boba Fett, like, that, we're kind of seeing him be soft. You know? Yes. Like, Level B metaphor is, the yeah. Rancor is Boba Fett's, like, inner misunderstood... And uh, Boba Fett is Jango, so it's kind of like a circle. Yeah. You know, so... That is it's, cool. It's, it's lovely. It's nice. I, lo- yeah. I ate that up. Also, Alpha... Or, sorry, Omega. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I've seen some people be like, yo, dude. He's going to write a Rancor. Oh, just oh like... yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, and eventually he says, I want to learn to write it. And in the Bad Batch, when Omega is obviously a child, she literally rides a baby Rancor. Could it be Bad the Batch. same Rancor? I don't think think it is because I don't think it is I think this one I think Moochie was a boy and I think this one might be a girl oh okay or, or the, the other way around I forget but it's I haven't um, seen this episode in a while so I can't remember now if they call it a he or a she or anything okay. in particular yeah, sure. but it's also an allusion to Mandalorian history because they brought up in the Mandalorian about how um, the Mandalorians used to ride the Mythosaur and now you can't even ride this little I forget what those little creatures are called that Din eventually has to ride but (laughs) it's a nice nod to that too that's true that's true Um, and then he says I've ridden beasts ten times this size yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. We all know what he's talking about. We all know what he's talking we about. We all know what he's talking about. He's talking about the Stegosaurus. That's you what just, about. just say you like, you've ridden pink dinosaurs. Oh, not just the, say yeah, <laughs> not the Stegosaurus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just what say kind of dinosaur it. is that? Just what say... dinosaur is that? It's a, it's a, it's a long-necked one, right? It's not a dinosaur. It's some kind of a thing, but it, uh... kudos for finding a, a spot for that <laughs> reference in. Yeah, just keep doing that, dude. <laughs> I also really liked the reference to the Witches of Dathomir. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Thank oh, you yes. for that. So, they're still thinking of Dathomir, bro. That's what matters. That's what matters right here. They're still thinking about that place. Which means to me that there is still a possibility that Calcestis comes in somewhere. <laughs> oh, my God. That's what I want, man. That's what I want. You can't blame me for wanting that. He's literally uh, one of the of most interesting not. characters that they've no. created in, like, the last five years. I don't blame you for wanting that at all. I think that he deserves to be brought in at some point. But um, He's a literal... He is a literal, um, like, adopting... What, what, what do you call the name of someone who, like, adopts, like, children? Adopt... Uh, isn't there, like, a name for that? I don't know what you're talking about. Like, someone who, like, has a lot of children who, like, 
that they adopted. Like that just has like a big group of kids that they adopt. It's like a school oh, or something. I don't. This, I thought I that was a word know. for that. I don't but, know a word for that. But he's basically Cal Kestis is like basically adopting all these kids that got, you know, messed up oh. because of Order sixty six. Like that's his goal. He's like trying to find this hollow uh, holocron that so has like the, the names thing. of yeah yeah. Um. Well, that's an interesting parallel, actually. Yeah. Yeah, but dude. I was unaware that that when he said that the witches of Dathomir used to ride rancors through forest and fen or whatever it is he says um mm-hmm. that that is an eu reference mm. to the one book that i want to read oh, okay because <laughs> it's called the courtship of princess leia mm. and i have heard both that it is the worst book in the eu and that it is the best book in the eu so <laughs> okay. i'm curious and all i know is from what i've read about the book i haven't read the book but from what i've read about the book my all-time number one favorite fan fiction of all time. Okay. Pulls characters from that book oh. and uses them to okay. great effect. What fan fiction is this? It is uh, the Raylo one called. Um, 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 oh God! Why are you putting me on the spot? Oh I my God! You don't need to name it. I just wanted to know what it was about. It's a Raylo one. And it was impeccably written, and the author of this fan fiction has now a publishing deal. Um, and the fan fiction has been taken off of AO3 oh. because it's being developed as a a novel. Whoa! She's that, a she's an amazing writer. I don't. I, she's an amazing writer. That person must be like, oh. I could not. Do you know how many Raylo fanfiction oh. authors have gotten deals in the last year? Oh, is it a lot, actually? A lot. Mm. A lot. Mm. So. That's cool. Hmm. There you go. What, what do you mean? What are you saying? Landscape with a Blur of Conquerors. That's the name of it. Oh, I, knew it would come to, I knew it would come to me if I wasn't trying to think of it. That's a weird name. But that's cool. It's a cool-ass name. Mm. And... That thing was like a million chapters long, and Whoa. I could not put it down. It was, yeah. You know what I just started last but night? But you can't read it anymore because um, yeah, the author's a big deal now. She's got her yeah. developing I mean, a book about honestly, it. Honestly, good. Like people oh. should not just be allowed to take advantage of the work that's good. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's. Can we just anyway. talk about how that's a weird? That's a weird dichotomy like i have cognitive dissonance about this it's like like yeah you should have to pay money for people's hard work that they put into the art but art should also be like disseminated but to everyone like it's knowledge too like in my opinion i think knowledge should never be for a price you know what i mean ao3 is in my opinion the most uh, amazing and epic body of work free body of work like yeah freely distributed yeah and i a couple of years ago it actually got nominated like the all as a whole ao3 um where all there's a just a i don't even know how many millions and millions of pieces of fan fiction are stored there but as a whole it got nominated for some some kind of a very lofty literature award Oh, hey. It got right. it got total recognition. It was like, you know what? 
some of the stuff that's in it's it is literally a treasure trove like yeah yeah it's amazing you should delve in sometime at some point yeah maybe i should you wouldn't believe the stuff that's in there it's just i mean i could say the same thing about on the music on the musical in the in the music sphere of soundcloud you know like so much yeah, of totally. soundcloud like i'm pretty sure that's where juice world came from uh that's where a lot of people came from and it's like totally for free like i could just go on soundcloud right now and just listen to juice mm-hmm. world stuff you know like it's I have my own stuff on there. Like, you can just literally go there. Because it's not like YouTube and the fact that there's, like... I think there are ads, but it's not, like, an ad-based prescription. You know? Like, it's 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 just, like... It's such, like, a, a server browser of music. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it is. It's nice. It's nice that that stuff exists. But, that being said, there's a Catch-22 because... I also think, as an artist, <laughs> I know what it's like to do a lot of work and not get paid. So, it's... It's kind of frustrating... That, that kind of stuff exists, too, because, like, those people should be getting paid, but they're not. You know what I mean? I mean, I get It's for the true, passion, but, you know. True, but, again, like, this this particular fan fiction writer is so good. It, uh-huh. We all knew at some point. Everybody that's ever read her fan fiction, we're like, oh, she's going to get published someday. Like, there is no chance she's not. She's too good of a writer. Okay. And you, every once in a while, you'll run across a piece on there and you'll just be like, oh, this person's going to get signed someday. Like there's, mm. there's, you can see it. Like when you're reading and you're just like, oh my God, this is one of the best things I've ever read in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and it's based on characters that they didn't even make up. Like they're just pulling yeah. from sources. That's true. So That's cool. Imagine if you give this person free reign, like, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I figured what I was going to say something else but it's left me anyways okay ao3 good time yeah um okay so the rancor how did we get there from talking about rancors uh (laughs) because because the witch is a dathomir uh the courtship of princess leia and whatever anyway um the rancor imprints on boba fett so he's just also not only is he running around adopting children, he's running around being Boba Fett animal lover. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni has his claws on this. Right. His paws all over this. Friend to all beasts, including yeah. <laughs> rancors, including nose lizards, including mm. banthas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely banthas. Definitely banthas. He just, him and um, Ezra... BFFs, they be, they get along famously. He's kind of like the Saint Francis of Star Wars. That's the vibe. <laughs> Him and Ezra are. You're right. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, Dave Filoni has his hand fingerprints on that. But it's kind of like um, with Ezra, his a lot of his force abilities were related to animals. Yeah, that's true. So they're kind of taking it in another direction with Boba Fett and being like, well, his, he's, he's, he is gaining power from these animals, like having the rancor on his side, being his little buddy. Yeah. Is obviously going to help him out. It helps him out in chapter four, in fact. So, um, but also it's showing us like he has a heart for these animals and for these 
people that he's collecting as he's making his little little <laughs> misfit squad, I guess. Yeah. Um. Okay, so the Rancor imprints on Boba Fett. Um, they, he and his mod squad pay a visit to the mayor. Ah, uh, yes. And we see, it's a very nice shot of him it is. walking and then the four, um, sc- like, scooters flying. I'm calling it a scooter. That's not what they are, but <laughs> they kind of are. Um, hover bikes? F- hover bikes? I guess hover bikes. And I noticed green, blue. Oh, yeah. Oh, I noticed, my friend. Oh, I noticed, my friend. Yellow, red. Yellow, red. Lightsaber colors. Mm. But no purple. No purple? Because no oh, yeah. fet. <laughs> nah. No way is nah, Boba Fett nah, nah, nah. going to allow purple in his life. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <yeah. laughs> because purple was what killed his dad. So That's our purple. podcast color, though. I know. I Rip. Know. But I thought that was, I don't know if it's on purpose, but if so, it was kind of cute. <clears throat> okay, this chase. Also, uh, Fargo, because of the color scheme in Fargo, you know? Uh, well, yeah, that's true, I guess. Yeah. Um, anyway, the mayor's gone. The major domo takes off um, because he's scared, and this chase happens. Between the, slow- the slowest chase of all time. <laughs> I mean, okay. Here's but they might have just they might have just used just like a really long lens and it just made it look slow. But here's why it's it should have been slow. No, it's funny. Look at like the it's streets. Fun. Yeah. Look no, at I get the streets. It. I get it. I get it. I get They're it. They're narrow. There's there's turns and corners everywhere. Like you can't go that fast or you're going to crash into the buildings. Like literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also I found it to be funny. Well yeah, that's yeah, that's why I thought they did it. it was funny. I thought it was really funny. That it was kind of slow. And I mean, they were clearly making it fun, trying to make it funny. Yeah. Because they come across the droids that are funny, comic relief. And one thing that I did not notice that I had to learn on Twitter was, you know how they crash through that painting? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. that's that's such a trope of, like, chases from, like, yeah. silent movies and stuff. The window pane. Right. Somebody that you know, people are tr- are carrying this enormous painting across the road, mm-hmm. and they crash through it. Well, that painting is actually a Ralph McQuarrie concept art oh, painting. Yeah, dude. let's go <laughs> of Jabba's palace. Let's go. So, don't tell me they weren't trying to make this funny. They were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Plus, dope. again, it's super Spy Kids. Like. We get to see the mod squad use their little tools, yeah. which was interesting because it was kind of hard to tell, like, what do you even need these for? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want these things for? Oh, they actually come in handy sometimes. Yeah. Um, another thing, like the, the rickshaw droid, you know? Oh, yeah. From Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So... My lovely little pal, Caitlin, who's one of the hosts of um, Sky Talkers, has pointed out how much 
not only are there nods to Attack of the Clones in this show, but the plot is so similar to Attack of the Clones. Mm. Which is real interesting. Oh, yeah, there is a car chase. There is a car chase. Well, just the plot itself, like, trying to solve the mystery of who is in charge here. What is happening? Yeah. Who's pulling the strings? That's fair. There's assassination attempt, you know, going on. Yeah. And, you know, Boba Fett's just trying to be like, what is happening? Like, who's at the top of... It's kind of like here. it's kind of like looking for what Order sixty six is like. Who's doing all this kind of thing? Well, and is who is trying to kill Padme? And yeah, okay. you know, all of that. So very astute observation. She's totally right. Yeah. Plus, there's just a million visual cues to that movie going on. That is true. Basically, every episode, like they keep bringing up Camino. They're showing us yeah. Camino. They keep talking about water. This droid. There's another scene in chapter four with a droid that was in mm-hmm. attack. Like somebody, yeah. <laughs> somebody sat down and said, prequel love. Prequel love. The Mandalorian is about OT love. Mm. Boba Fett's going to be about attack of the clones love. Oh yeah. Okay. That's, that's cool. Which thumbs up all around. If that was the intention. That, that movie, awesome. honestly, I think the second i think episode two out of all the star wars movies is the least paid attention to star wars movie would it be safe to say that because like everyone pays attention to the original trilogy all four all three of them for reasons that are obvious everyone pays attention to episode one because of duel of the fates and because they hate jar jar literally that's a reason people care uh episode three is obviously battle of the heroes you have a lot in episode three that's pretty cool see uh Sequel trilogy, obviously episode seven because everyone was anticipating it so much. Episode eight because it's such a split divide. Episode nine because it's all bad and everyone just like it's it's like it's, like it's comically bad. You can't not notice it. Episode two kind of gets shoved under the rug. I think sometimes not to say that people don't like it. It just literally to say that I think it is the least discussed. I think it is movie. the least liked. Oh my gosh! Well. Really? What? Yes. Why? Because well, before the before the sequel trilogy came out. I promise you it was at the bottom of the majority of people's lists. Mm. I don't know why. I have always really liked that movie. Like there are there is some scenes where you're like, well, this is a little cringe, but um <laughs> Okay, you can't count that stuff as cringe though, dude. Like, yes, it's cringy, but like it is It's just very melodramatic. And if it's you melodramatic. Are not, and if you are looking for original trilogy stuff, like here's, yeah, I wish you were around like older when the prequels came out, yeah, because you would not believe the, hate. the ire. Oh my god, Oof. it was bad. And the only reason it, the only reason it seems worse with the sequel trilogy is because we didn't have the internet, yeah, as much as. We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have people that could just sit down and get their opinions out there in an instant. Had mm-hmm. that been, had we had, if we had had that access, oh it would have been just as nasty. Okay. Okay. Because people did not. No, it's the same people. Like not even don't... episode three. People liked episode three. Okay. Yeah. If they were going to have to like one of them, that would have been the one that they 
they would accept. But Attack of the Clones, holy cow, people! Bro, I love Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones is dope, man. You were there though, man. When we went to see the marathon and we saw all three oh. prequels in the theater yeah. which one did people heckle the most but it that, was by far attack of the clones but i feel like that was somewhat satiric like a joke i do feel like it was somewhat a joke in the i atmosphere. don't know i did I not know. i did not see that as actually booing that me personally i mean sure it is cringe and i do not like the cringe in that i think it is uncomfortable but like i'm not gonna boo it realistically and also booing in a screen, like, really? No, I don't think anyone does that, personally. Unless they do, and then that's kind of weird. But, like, you know, this is a movie. Like, Well, I'm just saying it happens to I me. like the action in that movie. The action in that movie is sick. Oh, the, that movie the music, is good. I don't care. The music care. in that movie is sick. The, the CGI, honestly, is very good. I like the CGI in that movie. I think it's really... Like, like all the CGI of, like, the battle stuff on Geonosis when they're actually, like, battling clones versus droids and, like... You know that one shot when they're in the dust? I love that shot. One yeah, of my favorite Star shots shot. ever. Um, it's so well done. Like, the sounds are insane, bro. You know? I think it's such a creative movie. And the fact that it's, like, a noir kind of thing, no one ever... Mm-hmm. Like, that is something I guarantee not a lot of people noticed. And once you notice that... You're like, oh, okay. Like, th- like this is cool. Like, once you notice that, I think you think it's cool. Because it's like, okay, this is actually tropey in a different regard to Star Wars. Also, I was just thinking of this. The moment that they, the moment that George Lucas wanted to call this Star Wars was, I think, the moment that a divide was created right there. Because, like, setting a precedent that it's about war and, like, battling and fighting and stuff. Don't you think that that kind of sets a precedent to, like, have people not like it when it gets a little feminine? "Quote unquote," like the feminine. Um, I maybe, but I mean, that's with a big the exception, question. With the exception of Episode Four, every other Star Wars movie has romance in it. Like mm. from Episode Five on. That's true. That's true. That's fair. So if you don't expect romance in your Star Wars, you're not paying attention. I guess is the issue. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. That is true. But I think also, um, if we're talking about a certain faction of fandom, then they were okay with Han and Leia because Han's the dashing rogue. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it's not the centerpiece of the trilogy. Right, you know? yeah. Luke and Vader are, whereas... In the prequels, I mean, <laughs> Padme and Anakin are the centerpiece of the trilogy. Like, yeah. and rightly so. They should yeah. be. Yeah. But I think, it, and it just, it just was a stylistic, such a stylistic difference. Yeah, Thematic, it, it Like, it, it was so different than the original trilogy and way far away from what people expected. And as we well know, some people can handle that and some people can't. Yeah, yeah. But I very I'm loving that they are subtly and not so subtly in some cases making Attack of the Clones front and center of this yeah. show. Yes. Because that's yes. where that's where Boba started. He's he's from Attack of the Clones. Like Yeah, dude. Of course, that makes perfect sense that they would be I mean same with Bad Batch, like what emulating do you do? it. 
and this just happens to be the 20th anniversary of attack of the clones like it's all it's all very kismet and perfect and coming together nicely yeah so but i would not have noticed that the plot line is so similar had caitlin not brought that up i was like sitting there listening to that going holy oh my god it is yeah it totally is attack of the clones just in a different kind of uh world it's not about jedi and stuff it's about bounty hunters now but it's cool it's i love all every nod that they give attack the clones is is good it's a good i i agree um okay jetpack in the house just to Uh, finish up this episode finally we sort of kind of (laughs) almost see him use the jetpack no it's done so well that shot's great that shot shot is great i'm wondering if they're either saving major jetpack action for later for a climax mm. or if we're not even going to get it. I mean, honestly, I'd be okay with not getting it. I'd be okay with not getting it. Too. Cause honestly, him flying around in a jetpack, I don't see. <laughs> Plus we've already got that in the Mandalorian. Like we saw. Yeah. It. Yeah. So I don't know. It, that was such a great shot though. I loved it. Yeah. Um, so the major domo is caught. He admits the mayor is working with the Pikes. Yeah. Um, one of his little mod squad guys goes out, you know, basically to do recon. Sees a starship arrive, and a ton of friggin' Pikes get off oh, the yeah. ship. What the heck? I was like, oh no. <laughs> I was like, oh no. That's a lot. I can't stand those guys. Um, yeah, no one likes. And those. basically, the episode ends with Finnick and Boba saying, "Yeah, we're going to war." Yeah. So it's getting very, very, very Fargo season four. Oh yeah. Godfather. Boys. Gangs of New York. You, Speaking you of, name it. I haven't seen that in a while. I should be doing re- rewatch. That was such a that. weird season, though. No, it's so good. It actually, there are so many things I loved about that season, man. It's so good. It's oh, there's so a lot good. I loved too, but it was also like the way that like mm-hmm. the show, the show itself, and how it is structured, reflects the absolute like ca- like the way that the show flows is not comfortable. I think we can all agree upon that. It has a really weird flow to it. I think. Oh, very weird. Yeah. Which is just like it's so be- uh, the beauty though. And the fact that, like, what was happening at the time, contextually, in the United States, like, of course it's going to be a show, dude, that does not feel comfortable in the way that it even flows. Like, it's very, very good. Very good. Structurally, just, like, the integrity of it is fantastic. That's why I love it. Like. Fargo's good. It honestly makes me think about my own art. Like, the way that I'm trying to reflect, like, kind of this, this disorder. The disorder of it is something that I think he paid a lot of attention to when he structured the whole thing. So, like, huge fan. Huge fan of that. Anyway. He's great. Yeah, dude. Alien. Noah Hawley. <laughs> Alien is coming. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, so major theme. Again. Yeah, who cares about Star Wars for real? When that thing comes out, <laughs> I don't care about anything else. The major theme, again, in this episode. Family. Tribe. Yes. You name it. A bit of a different, you know, different stuff going on in this one. Like we were talking about how he and Fennec basically adopted some kids. Yep. Um, and a and the and the family dog. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. It's 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 shaping up to be like. This. I didn't even think of that. I mean, obviously, found family is the one of the central themes of all of Star Wars. Um, but this show is interesting because, again, going back to that chapter two, the whole tree. Yeah. Him having millions of brothers. Yeah. And a sister he may or may not know about. Yeah. Yeah. I just keep wondering about that. God, does did she tell him? Yeah, dude. Because if she didn't tell him, what is she doing? That like you're you're trying to find this family in this tribe, bro. You have an actual oh, you mean twin Fennec? sister. Yeah, like what? Why would she not tell him about that? I don't know. I don't either. We'll talk more about that when we talk about chapter four too, because I have questions. Yeah, sure. But um, basically, that's really all I have to say about this episode, which okay, shocking. An hour and fifteen minutes. A normal podcast length. What's <laughs> yeah, going on? No, it just feels good. That's the sort. Because <laughs> people are actually going to listen. Yeah. <laughs> Except for this is two weeks old and nobody's going to listen. But whatever. Except Hallie. Um, Hallie's probably going to listen to this. Okay. Hallie can listen. Yeah, if we nice. have an audience of one, that's that's good enough. <laughs> uh, okay. So if you would like to reach out, I am on Twitter at Adjacent. That's my personal handle. We also Yo. have a show handle at Unknown Reach Pod. Yo. Um, what? I said, yeah. I know, but like you're. I don't know. I'm hyping you up, dude. I'm hyping you up. Oh, you're hyping me up. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Colin and I are both on Facebook. Colin has an Instagram. Do I? Yes, I do. Which is called. Oh. <laughs> uh, what is it? Oh, yeah. At Co- Colin underscore. It's Colin underscore MJ underscore Woodlick. Yeah. Okay. W I T T L I C H. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> you always tell me not to spell it. I do tell you that. C O L L I C W I T T L I C H. Bro, because I have to do that with everyone all the time. <laughs> oh, please. You're talking to. I also have a 2L name that people all, always want to make in 1L name. What? And my maiden name was worse than oh, yeah. my uh, married name. So yeah, yeah. I've been spelling everything my whole life, too. Yeah, okay. Why don't you cry about it? <laughs> Would you rather have a name like, I don't know. What's the most boring? Chris. John. You want to be John. Even John, though. Some There's J-O-N's. There's J-O-N's. That's true. I mean, Bradley. Bradley is so basic. No one ever spells Bradley wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Would you rather be called Bradley? Bradley John. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are going down some weird road. I don't even know what's I'm, at the bottom I'm, of it. I'm tired, bro. Okay. Get me off this mic. All right. Uh, hey, Colin. Yo. See you around, kid. Peace. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you for listening to Unknown Regions Podcast. The introductory theme for Unknown Regions Podcast was composed by Colin Whitlick and was performed live by a volunteer orchestra. This recording and composition is the intellectual property of Colin Whitlick, but please feel free to hire him for all your compositional needs. He is the composer you're looking for. All the opinions expressed on Unknown Regents podcast are of a personal nature and in no way reflect that of Disney or Lucasfilm. 
Thanks again for listening. See you real soon.